Hi, this is Variety Shanavere, Fakashi Media Podcast Live. Today, my segment is on my childhood friend. My childhood buddy, my homie, R. Kelly. Yep, R. Kelly. Robert Kelly and I knew each other when I was a kid, teeny tot, tricycle days, and um, when I lived on Pinehurst Street in Detroit, Michigan, and R. Kelly's grandfather lived across the street from my grandmother, and then on the other side of the street on the corner was Kevin Little, who is a Caribbean singer now. And, of course, Diana Ross stayed across the street as well, directly across the street from us. And Otis Williams also lived on the same block. So, as you all know, I am Nicole Renee Ballard, the firstborn child of Florence Ballard. And the family also called me and friends, Rosalind, as well. So I wanted to talk about R. Kelly today. I wanted to talk about Rob because I haven't really paid any attention to any of his trials. Because I've been knowing him since I was a kid. We didn't keep in touch after he got with Andrea, but I was there when he was dating Andrea. And the one thing that I know about his relationship with Andrea is that I know she didn't want him to keep in touch with any of his uh, female friends uh, once they got together. But I do know Andrea because Andrea um, and I and a neighbor next door to me, um, Christine, knew her as well and I remember when she was getting with Rob at that time and she knew that Rob and I had known each other a long time but she said girl I'm about to go to Chicago (laughs) I'm getting revolver honey you know and um we just said I'm just so silly you know but we were happy for her and everything and um Rob I know for a fact that Andrea was his first girlfriend. She was like his really first girlfriend and his, um, the only person he was even dating at that time. He really didn't have anyone else um, that I know of because he always talked about her to me. And that's how I know. And, um, but his main woman, was his music he's always been about his music ever since we were kids he was always about his music he was always about playing instruments learning instruments everything you know and he and Kevin Little that lived on the block they used to always um, talk to each other about different music and everything like like maybe over an hour or so at the time and show instruments and you know exchange information and everything like that and um but you know he was more into the music I was more into the visual of doing 
film and writing and things like that but he always told me you know you want to do music I'll do it for you and everything you know and um we was just that type um Rob has always been to me very calm he always had a very kind of shy way about himself in a way the Robert that I know the Robert that I know, the Robert that I knew back then. And he didn't have that type of aura at all dealing with um, anything that would seem sexual promiscuous, put it that way. Um, he's has, I've, I've had my own place and he has spent the night over my house before and everything a few times, you know, and, um, We've ever we also have slept on a couch together, the sofa together as well. But we weren't intimate. We were just more like real close friends. Might have been watching television and just fell asleep, and that was it. Um, but Rob kind of liked me more than a friend. But we never took our relationship further than that. But he's always been a great friend, and every time he came from Chicago to Detroit. I was always like the first person that he would come see. And my Aunt Dee Dee always opened up the door for him and say, he'll say, is Ross in here? And he'll say, yeah, she here, you know. He'll come in. He's like, how you doing? Whoa, whoa. And we'll talk for hours, you know. So everyone loved Rob when we were kids. Everyone liked him. He was a great kid. Never had trouble with anything. And, you know, really nice. Nice family. His granddad, everything. Nice. You know, um, I just know that for a fact how they're trying to display this image with Aaliyah. And that's really what I want to end on with this segment is that they're really trying to display this image with Aaliyah with an age difference. But I'm about to blow smoke up the ass on that. Because most of these people know, especially in Detroit, and the people that live in the South, you know for a fact that they approved marriages with teens, girls, boys, whatever it may be, from the South. You know they got married at age 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. And the mother or the grandmother or the auntie or both always approved that union. And I know that for a fact because my grandmother approved her own daughter at the age of 16 to marry a man at 21. Because the reason why they did those things back then in that era is because they did not believe in a term called shacking up. You could not shack up. You could not be a common law relationship. They did not play that in that era. They did not play that. So they always allow a young teen to get married to someone older 
and the guy had to have income. He had to have a job in order to take care of her. Otherwise, they would not approve it. So I know for a fact that anyone who lived in the South, Mississippi, Alabama, or they came from that area to Detroit, which a lot of them did move to Detroit, they were already married. Most of them were already married. And I know for a fact that my aunt, my grandmother approved my aunt's marriage at 16 with a 21-year-old And they stayed married for 18 years and had three kids. She was a housewife, but he worked. He was a laborer. He worked. In fact, he worked at the um, manufacturer, auto manufacturer, because that's where all of the jobs were at that time and even to the, till this day the, some of those manufacturers are still open even though they closed a lot of them down in Detroit so I don't agree with this image that they're trying to apply with Aaliyah trash it because you know I'm telling you the truth and if Aaliyah got married to Robert, I know for a fact it was approved by her parent. It had to be. It had to be. But because of the industry, of the recording industry, and the publicity that they will receive over it, and how you are are. Um, talking down on it number one he's an um, an African American so you're going to talk down on that because I know there's some white actors out there that have married young women you know but you guys play that off like oh that's normal too but it's not abnormal it wasn't abnormal And it's still not abnormal because a lot of states allow still youth to get married. That was the value. That was the value. The family value was marriage or nothing. They didn't force them to get married. It was marriage or nothing. They just didn't believe in shacking up. And they had to make sure he had a job. What do you do? Such and such. And back then, the fathers will allow the mothers to handle that type of relationship. And that decision making on marriage. And especially if you have a big family and you have parents that had 10, 15 kids. You think Joe Jackson interrupted Reby getting married? No. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Sure didn't. <laughs> One less mouth to feed. <laughs> I'm sure he thought that way. You know. And um, she stayed married for many years. 
many years to her husband until he died. She got married about 16 years old. And she stayed married a long time up until he passed. So it works. It can work. So I don't I don't I don't see a reason why that should be um really looked at as something that they're trying to um discredit him and who he is. Those are facts. And I guarantee you I could pull a whole lot of marriages up and I know a lot of people can and you'll find out a lot of people got married at 13, 14 years old. My grandmother got married at 14. To my grandfather. They were the same age. Down there in Mississippi. And then they moved and relocated to Detroit. So it wasn't uncommon to have a young couple marriage. A young love marriage. At all. Whatsoever. But she had more than one marriage. However, that can happen too. But I'm just saying, it wasn't like it wasn't illegal. And then on top of that, you also had Tom Thumb marriages, which is something I had as a child. And then my Tom Thumb marriage, I was married to the world's greatest boxer, Floyd Money Mayweather. When we were kids in Detroit, at church, and our grandparents paid for our outfits for the wedding. My father and his father were best friends. His mother and my mother, Florence, were good friends as well. And my father said, He put his hand on his shoulder and said, I think we should marry these two. He said, they have a slight age difference, but by the time they become adults, it won't even matter. It'll be just like them being the same age. And then Floyd, of course, he was like, and I'm going to be a boxer. I used to actually really tell people that my boyfriend has a good job. He has a job. He's a good job. He's a boxer. He has a good job. (laughs) And he still has a good job. (laughs) Um, My father saw that for a reason, and and his vision was, was, was on was on point however that union didn't stick together like he wanted (laughs) but um he knew that Floyd would be able to take care of me for some reason he could see that he saw that in the future but um I have lived with Floyd though I have lived with him we moved together from Michigan from Grand Rapids to California he actually went ahead first because they went to go get his home and everything together 
in Summerlin. And um, and then uh, I had already had a daughter. I had already had my daughter, Kenya Kimba. And um, we moved about like maybe two weeks after that to Las Vegas. And then we stayed with him then. But then again, when he got to the West Coast, he called me and he said, um, I found a girlfriend. I say, huh, what? He said, I found the girlfriend. I said, it's only been two weeks. He said, I know, but it's at school. She go to my, she go to school with me, you know, woo woo. I said, oh my God. I said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, well, I can still be cool and tight and, you know, still have a relationship or whatever, you know. He said, she's kind of assertive though. That's the only thing, kind of, kind of possessive and assertive. And uh, I've only known her for two weeks. I haven't known her that long, but yeah, she's kind of jealous. Like, you know, like I'm talking to you on the phone right now. She's here and she don't want me to talk to you on the phone. And she's just staring, looking at me like you talking to someone else on the phone, <laughs> you know. But um, that's how he felt. I said, oh, okay. You know, I said, well, I'll still be there, you know. And he said, oh, yeah, you can still come on down. You know, you still live with me, whatever. And I did. I came down there, and I stayed with my daughter, and I stayed with them until I went off to UCLA. And then I moved to California. So um, I went back and forth to between California and Las Vegas, and, um, and that's where I stayed at. I was living with him and his dad. And... Uh, and then his girlfriend was there, um, like maybe once when I was there and everything. And I met her and she was nice and cool and everything. And um, she was a dancer. And then she actually danced for a family member of mine, <laughs> which is Janet. <laughs> so um, it was an interesting kind of little thing there, you know. But uh, it was cool, you know, she was really nice. Um, we never had no beef or anything like that. She was always cool, and we were cool about him and everything. And I was always open about him um, enjoying his life because I was always told to um, enjoy your life first before you get married and have kids and um, get your career out the way first before you want to um, get married and have children and, 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 and you know, get that part out the way first. And that's how I was taught, you know, growing up. But I didn't quite stay on that road like that. Um, I had an unplanned pregnancy anyway, though, at 19 with my daughter. And she's an only child, however. But, um, you know, but I did have her as an adult. Some people still say, but you were a teenager. I said, no, I wasn't a teenager. I was a woman at 19 to me I was a woman because I'm 19 as an adult adult age it's just adult 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 so um and that was that was pretty much it you know but I did live with him with my daughter you know um he didn't even have a problem with keeping my daughter uh Floyd um but basically he wouldn't have really kept my daughter because I know, he said, well, you know, she can go over to my mama's house because she's going to be here too. So I already automatically know that's not keeping her, Floyd. 
That's not keeping her, giving her to your mama. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. But um, <laughs> I said, no, I'll, I'll take her with me. I'll take her everywhere I go. You know, it's okay, but you don't have to do that. We can put her in school here in Las Vegas, you know. It should be more stable here, you know. I said, all right. You know, and then um, I said, well, you know, Kristen like entertainment arts as well. So my daughter always been into like entertainment art uh, schools for kids and stuff. So that was basically her type of curriculum as well. So she was able to just be with me. And um, I wanted him to be able to focus on his boxing. So um, he didn't have to have a child in the way. You know, and I didn't want to put my responsibility of my daughter on him, but that's how I was thinking. But he didn't care. He didn't mind because, you know, even at that age, he was financially secure. He was able to um, buy homes and everything. And he had actually bought his first home. He already had a white Mercedes Benz and everything. He used to pick us up and stuff in the white Mercedes Benz that he had his first Benz that he got and everything. And I was so happy and proud of him. You know, because he was just always so responsible and could always take care of himself at a young age. And I always admired him for that and everything. But getting back to R. Kelly, I want him um, to know that I support him and what he's going through because the robber that I know was always a sweetheart, a genuine person. Um, I don't know this Robert monster that people are talking about. I don't know this guy. I never met him. I've never seen that side of him before. So, I don't know. But, um, I think that I found it very hard to believe that you have 20 women living in a home with you alone by yourself with no other man by yourself and none of them attack you all at one time to escape from you I find it hard to believe that no woman has ever had a police report and uh, has called the police or had a police report or, or anything you know um, I just find that hard to believe. Um, it's just unrealistic to me. I find it hard to believe for a guy to go to sleep and abuse a woman and they not do anything to them and they sleep. You know, my air, you know, grits, baby, grits, something, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, the hot skillet, cold skillet, something. You know, uh, curling irons, anything, you know, um, retaliate. That's that's how they retaliated back then in those days when I was coming up. So I, I find it hard to believe that one man had 20 women in a home and and none of them could like say, OK, let's all get them and jump them at one time. Three of us, five of us or something at one time and just beat the hell out of them. And take them down, you know. I just, I just find that hard to believe. I just do. 
I don't, I don't, I don't see how that could be, you know. But I listen to what has been said in some of the graphic details of being tied up and everything. And I must admit that um, some of the things that have been said about Robert Kelly, what it sounds like with these situations that these women have been in, it sounds like lesbian rape. It sounds like lesbian rape because when I was a kid, I remember there was a woman that used to set up rapes for a woman to be raped by a woman or a man or lesbian rapes took place just by a woman. And if you ever seen the movie with Holly Berry, Dorothy Dandridge, you know what I'm talking about. And lesbian rapes are pretty much like men, but they um, are women who think they're men, act like men. Um, they have a particular type of woman image that they like to rape. Um they do the same thing everything that they're saying and they describing they have done I know a woman when I was a kid that set up lesbian rapes or if it wasn't lesbian rape it was gang rape that's what it sounds like that's what it sounds like to me and she would stand outside and listen to the screams of a woman being raped. And what she would do is, after they raped, she would want to be there so they would lean on her for comfort. After the rapes. She wanted to be looked up to. So, um, that was her power and her control. And so what they do is the lesbian rapes, they don't want you to communicate with family. They don't want you to let them know your number, telephone number, your address, um, your whereabouts. Um, they don't want you to have a relationship even with your own parents, your mother. Um, they're the kind of people that come from families that have sex with their own um, they're the kind of people that will be involved in cults. Um, and then I'm just describing what I was around and the type of women that were like that. I'm not saying all lesbians are like that. But what I'm saying is the lesbians that I encountered when I was a child... That's how they were. The lesbians like that, like, um, they have the mindset, if I can't have you, nobody can. They'll get rid of you and your man, you know. Um, they'll set up 
um, just different things. Like they they'll they'll befriend you. Like they'll come into your life, want to have a relationship with you, um, have you thinking that they're all cool and with you, and they'll they'll form a real long term relationship with you, and then they'll attack out of nowhere they'll stab you kill you set up something you name it i've been around these kind of women and um these women will get away with murder they'll set up murders they'll have relationships with other women and make you think that they don't like each other They don't talk to each other. They don't see each other. They don't deal with each other. And they're all lies. Then they'll come together again. And they'll act like they have a party. And come over to the party. Come over to the house. They want to hold all on you in photographs. Act like it's an all tight situation. We all tight and cool. When that's not it. Because they probably just beat the hell out of some damn body. To make you take a picture with them. And then also, when I was growing up as a kid, they called them headbangers. Because they like to beat them up in the head and beat them up in everything. All kind of stuff. You know? Real aggressive, real abusive type relationship type women. You know, um... These women, type of lesbians too, will also have a child. If it comes down to them to really get paid and make money, oh, they'll have a baby. They will have a baby. They will do that. But they may not keep it, but they'll have it. They'll throw it away and keep on moving forward with their money. They'll go to court to get kids from other people, take your children, and keep it moving. And give your child to somebody else. Give your child to a man who like kids. You know, they'll set up all kind of shit like that. These are the type of people I know about from my childhood. So when I listen to some of the things that Robert is going through and been said in his cases, and I didn't even see the television show on the interviews, I heard a few little statements and I turned my head and cut it off. And I said to myself, sounds like some of this shit that went down in the 70s. So if you on that jury for Robert Kelly, hey, so far I don't see anything else going on. I don't see no men really saying anything. All I see is all women coming forward. And that's the scenario of lesbian rapes. I don't see no man coming forward saying any of it. I haven't heard or seen not one entertainer male come forward and say that they saw Robert doing this and that. 
Not one. They're all women. That's a cult. That's a lesbian cult. Women who want to turn you inside out and make you over. And let me tell you something. It happened to my daughter. My daughter. It happened to me. With relatives that were supposed to be my family. Took my daughter. Doing a Christmas visit. Went down to Detroit, Michigan. Can't call me in California. Early in the morning. Can she come visit for Christmas the holiday? Woo, woo, woo. My daughter hadn't seen them in 10 years. But my daughter missed the snow. That was the only reason why I let her go. And then she was on off track. Schooling at that time. And it was vacation time for Christmas. I always travel with my daughter. And it was my fault that I didn't go with her. She was supposed to come back and be there only two weeks. But then a snowstorm happened, so she ended up being there a little longer. And then I wasn't even aware that there weren't any schools open. So they tried to get her and try to talk about schooling and all that. So I didn't pay attention to any of that stuff like that, dealing with a 100 schools closing in Detroit, Michigan. So they took my daughter during that vacation time from California and went down there to get guardianship, the same damn thing they did to me. When they wanted to get guardianship from my mother, Florence Ballard. But I never lived with any of them. And these are the kind of people they'll be in power and positions dealing with IRS jobs, housing authority jobs, which are usually the Johnsons. Anywhere you go in any state, you find a Johnson working at the level of HUD, housing authority, anything dealing with shelters. That's their business. That's a Cherokee business that they always had through the Native American um, tribes. You're always going to find you a Johnson somewhere at HUD. Um, my daughter was in a home of someone's home in their basement with a strip pole. And I found these photographs and they took pictures of her. And I found these photographs and saw them and there was a man sitting there watching her dance on this pole. Some type of damn pervert. I don't know who the hell he was. And um, there's some nasty ass people out here. They'll set up rapes and everything women there are women who like men who have been in prison for molestation there are women like that that's all they like to date and then they want to bring those type of people in your child's life 
Then they want to try to find somebody else to put the blame on. They never even did the rape because they want to cover things up with their own. And see, what they do is make their own pack and say, we can get away with it because this person going to let me get away with it and they're going to get away with it. And we got the power because she worked as a police officer or this person is a police or this person work at the welfare and they can take you because you're a social worker and on and on and on and this other person work at the foster care level oh they got it all orchestrated just like that word I used in R. Kelly's case orchestrated so I'm speaking out because that's my best friend whose life is on the line. And I'm speaking now from experience of what my own child has been through. See, they'd rather have somebody else go to prison for them and they'll still keep raping and molesting. And you know what they'll say? Nobody sent me to jail because I'm seniority. I got power. That's their power. Then they'll be in the industry. You know, they like to be in the entertainment industry, some of them. And show their power that way. But they always stay away from certain people who know how they are. So I'm letting you know also these same type of women will rape little boys. So you don't sit there and think that there are no women out there that won't rape little boys because they are. And they also want to turn them out. Especially if they're cute. And they have curly hair. They think they're supposed to be punks. And you best believe that these women would strap on a dildo and fuck a boy in his ass. Just like they'll do a girl. I've been around these kind of people. I know. So that's why I'm speaking out. For this scenario. Because. When I saw. That there's just all women. I don't see no guys saying anything. I saw a little bit of the interview. That was supposed to be against R. Kelly. It's supposed to have been, what, 20, 30, 40 women? But no men speaking out. Strange. Then you have these people from the South have these churches and they pastors. Same thing. Pastors want to molest as well. Then they want to make a person think, 
oh you know you not godly you dirty you not this you not woo 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 they try to brainwash you try to force you to do things you don't want to do I have relatives that were molested by women so I know What I see is what I've experienced and what I've been around. I myself have never been touched and molested by a woman. However, I do know they would just try to keep you down financially. They'll just just keep your money. There's some people who actually come from homes where their mothers were really a prostitute. Or they come from a home where their mother had a man that touched them and they didn't do anything. And they just the type of relationship with a woman that sweep it under the rug. You won't do nothing and leave this man out of jail and let him keep molesting the other cousins or somebody else. You have people who have relationships with people who have worked in the media, which I know about and experience. Because they know if they're in a relationship with someone like that, they can go say what they want to say in the media and write about it, whether it's true or not. I've experienced that too. So I'm speaking out because I know the type of person or persons that's against R. Kelly. And I believe they're lesbians. A lesbian cult. And I'm not against the lesbian community or the gay community. I'm speaking from experience. Experience. I know Robert. I've known him since the tricycle days. Okay? We went to the same high school together. He was my best friend. I was his best friend. We were always tight. He only had that one girlfriend. And that was Andrea. He didn't have nobody else. I feel like he was used. People see a person successful and they want to bring you down. Especially when you are moving on from Detroit or something. People think they're too lazy to go to school to learn so they want to ride on everybody else's coattails to get over 
But then they go see about their pack. And they're jealous. Especially if a person doesn't need you. Or need you financially. These people tell all your business. You know. So. I'm speaking out. And I'm going to say this. Michael Jackson, what they did to him was awful. Awful. Because everyone used Michael. But nobody wants to sit there and say Michael Jackson was molested by a woman because he was. I was there when that happened as well. Joe didn't even know what was going on until I told him. He got a beating for it because she lied and got caught and said, I told him we couldn't have this kind of relationship. Um, he, he wanted to do it. I said, no, he didn't. He said, uh, uh, yes, he did. No, he didn't. She raped him two days in a row. He cried out, screamed, and said, no, 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 I don't want to. No, 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 I don't want to. Please, no. And she grabbed him and pulled him on top of her. Years later, Michael's being called a molester for the fact that his molester never went to prison. And then she told him, you tell and I'll take all your goddamn money. You got that? You tell and I'll take all your goddamn money. And then she grabbed him by his arms. And he said, yes. And was crying. Bitch. But anyway, I just wanted to say that. Because people used him until they put him in the ground. Until he died. But I stood up for him even then. And I let Joe know what happened. My mother Flo knew what happened. Because he told her. She said, what happened to you, Michael? over there at the house and I told it too but he told it and my mother confronted the molester my mother Florence Glenda Ballard went to the molester and said you did some shit like that 
He's just a baby. He's just a baby. You do some shit like that? She was going to the press. Mm. Secrets kept from Pinehurst to Havenhurst. Pick up my book. Ain't giving out no names. Seniority. Big shots. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about the trial of Robert Kelly. And this is Nicole Renee Ballard, the daughter of Florence Ballard. Star child. Poe child. Supreme child. My mother was the founder of the Supremes. And she gave people opportunities of employment. And then they wanted to get her out. And they did. Backstabbers, they smile in your face. Always want to take your place. The backstabbers, backstabbers. Um, but anyway, I just had to say that today. So if anyone is listening to my podcast, Akashi Media Podcast Live with Variety Shunavere, and you're on the jury of R. Kelly, take in consideration that people of the eras of the 70s and earlier years used to allow their children to get married as young as 14, 15, and 16 years old. Even to older adults. And it's also a tribal tradition of Africans and Native Americans to also marry young as well. Some were good marriages, some were bad marriages. Some of us got married as children and you call it Tom Thumb marriages. But love started from the heart before it did on paper. So it's different than it is today now. Today you have domestic partners, common law marriages, same-sex marriages. Things have changed. But a teenager can still get married. My uncle got married when he was 16 years old because his little wife was pregnant and he said, I'm going to get married because I would want someone to marry my sister. So getting married 
as a teenager was not abnormal. It was more considered a family value. And it was respected and looked up to. But then years later, you had it where people started saying, oh, you don't need a piece of paper. And then they started having different fathers for children with different names or last names. Grew up around a lot of that too. And my daughter has done that too as well because that's how they want her to be like them. Anyway, I love my grandkids, though. I love my grandbabies. These relationships, people pick the people they want people to be with. And they orchestrate it. When you're in the entertainment business or you have someone of money, especially a male, people are going to pick you out. And they're going to try to find someone to be with you. Because I really believe that these women were all at Robert's door because they wanted to see if he was going to eventually want to get married to them and be with them. That's what they really wanted. And then it would have been all right after that. That's why I'm proud of Floyd. Floyd like, "Uh uh-uh, I got 40 girlfriends and I'm not getting married. No, he like, I'm old-fashioned like me. <laughs> oh my god, you know he got a Tom Thumb marriage with me. <laughs> he always told me, You're my ideal wife. <laughs> wow. But I just want Robert to get through this, and um, I just find it hard to believe, Robert, that. You have 20 women, 40 women up in the house and they just can't attack you at one time and tie you up. Find that hard to believe. Like I said before, my own daughter has experienced bondage positions with lesbians. And they have set her up with men who were in gangs and they also had her in a gang membership, motorcycle club, and everything as a teenager, young little girl. And um, I'm working on um, trying to support my daughter and all that she's been through because she's been through a lot mentally with these people that call themselves relatives. And a lot of times people call themselves relatives and they're not even related. They're neighbors next door, and they call themselves sis or cousin or uncle. And all that said, that's not my sister. 
So I have to correct my daughter and say, don't call that person your auntie because they're not your auntie. And don't have my grandchildren calling other people auntie and uncle when they're not related because they're not my siblings. And it's all about correction. Because I don't want them growing up thinking that someone is related to them when they're not. Anyway, I hope that this podcast today segment will have someone out there find their way out if they're in this type of situation of dealing with people who want to control their lives through abuse, mental abuse, and then they love to call you crazy after that. After they had dogged you out, beat you up, tied you up, raped you, and then they won't call you crazy. They think they're normal. But I hope you find the power in yourself to escape and to get help. And as I said before, the Robert Kelly I know is not this monster. That has been put out in the media. I don't know that guy. I only know the Robert. That I grew up with. And he was a genuine guy. He stayed to himself. I never heard anything bad. And you best believe the block that I lived on. Had he done anything. He would have been told. But everyone loved Robert. When I was little. Everyone liked him when we were coming up. And if he had an aura like that, and believe me, they could pick up on that type of aura. If he had that kind of aura, he would never been able to be my friend. They would never open up the door for him. I know that for a fact. So I support him because I don't know this monster that they have out there. Just like Michael, I don't know they monster that they created but I do know that he was molested by a monster himself and it was a woman however she got away with it and she's never done time for it But things like that, you have to live it in God's hands. Because eventually, God is going to handle it. And vengeance is the Lord. But find forgiveness. If you can. To set yourself free. From people that want to hurt you that way. Because once you're raped... You don't forget about the experience. It can be with you for a long time. But you can get over it. And you can move on. And you can have a very functional life. But don't let it hold you back. Because while you dying inside. Crying inside. You have people laughing. Smiling. And going on with their lives. 
you're here for a reason. We all are. And I truly believe that a rapist they need to be put to death. Most rapists, yes, they do. But a lot of times it's a cycle of what people have already been through. And let me tell you something. Men that beat women back in the day, even like Ike Turner, was also raped by an older woman as a child. So they they hit that image over and over again. And they attract the image of that person. And that's the image that they're beating. It's the face of that person that did it for them. So he didn't get any of that help. And I have other friends that have been molested by older women while they were teenagers. I have a friend who was 16 who had sex with a woman in her 30s. He's a man, a man, well, he was a young boy, teenage boy. So there are women out here raping these boys. So don't try to cover it up and act like it's all just a man doing it, because it's not. You better watch your kids. You know? You can't always be somebody talking about everything is all right and okay. It's all right if you stay overnight and all that. You better watch your kids. I'm going to tell you something. My, my experience. I had someone that stayed in my home that touched my daughter. My landlord so happened to be a police officer. He got rid of his ass though. Literally. Breathless. Put it that way. He got rid of him. I moved out. He got rid of him. He broke in my place. My landlord was a police officer. He's breathless now. He was going to be that any damn way when I got my hands on him. So I'm not saying I support men who do those type of things. I'm saying I just don't believe Robert is that kind of person because I don't know that Robert. The only Robert Kelly I know is the Robert Kelly I grew up with. I don't know nobody dragging people around, abusing people. It's hard to believe from the character that he is that I grew up with. It's just hard to believe. It's hard for me to even to, to, to even think about the concept of it. It's just, it's, it's so far off. It's, it's like out in orbit somewhere far off for me. It's real far off. Because as far as I know, he didn't come from any abuse. Like his granddad or anybody. It, it just didn't seem like it. You know, I could be wrong. Maybe he got an ass whipping and then he just, you know, choked it up or something. I don't know. But I don't I don't know that Robert. He never he never talked to me about, hey, let's do some bondage or something. He spent the night over my house. 
He's never tried to uh, have sex with me while I'm sleeping or anything like that or try to do anything. He never did anything pedophile, perverted to me, ever. Ever. Not once. He's never said anything out the way to me or anything. He was he was always a laid-back person. That's all I know. And I know for a fact that, you know, once you see someone like, oh, they in showbiz, all about to make and get money, oh, let me get on this. Because this, Robert is not the first guy that I grew up with that was in the entertainment industry that met a woman, female, or whatever, that knew he was going to meet money and make it big. Hey, they thing was, let me get this goddamn baby. He going to get paid. And I need to get paid too. Let me get these goddamn kids. Shit. I don't want to be living in my mama house all damn time. I want to get up out of there. You know? So, he's not the first. And I'm sure he's not the last. And it definitely wasn't for love when they got with them in the first place. It's all about, I need to be living in a mansion, have a guy with money, woo-woo. And that was it. Let me get these damn kids. That's my paper. Because children are leverage for money. Period. But not all people need to have kids. People can have a great relationship without having children. Just because you don't have kids don't mean you don't have a good relationship. So if you guys out there want to be with a gold digger, then be with a gold digger. It's your choice. But some of you are just flattered to have gold diggers. You know they don't love you. They don't really want you like that. But you willing to go into the web, then go into it. But I tell you one thing about these women, because I've been around these kind of women too. They calculating. You better start checking to see if they got life insurance on your ass. Because they'll do that behind your back real quick when they moving in. Common law relationships and everything. Then they act like they're not friends. They act like they don't come over and see each other. They don't meet up and talk. Girl, what he say to you? Girl, what he telling you? Girl, what he doing this? Girl, how much he paying you? Girl, what he giving you? Girl, he gave me this. Then gave me that. What he doing for your baby? What he saying with your baby? Woo 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 woo. On and on and on and on and on. I've experienced it all. And my father had five women pregnant at the same time. And they all knew each other. All these women knew each other. They all had the same man. And they shared the same penis. And they knew it. And they accepted it. So whatever he was doing, I guess he must have been gold down there or something. 
Because we are born around the same time. And they all said that they're his wife, his woman. My daddy had women across the street, next door, around the corner, you name it. At the club together, sitting together, looking alike, dressed alike, you name it. I've experienced it as a child. And it still goes on today. So yes, they'll give good gifts, money, and everything. They want to be looked up to. They want to be looked up to and had this baby. I don't want to be just a baby's mama. I want to be looked up to. I want to be close to his mama. I want to be close to his daddy. I want to be elite. You know, I have my own marriage. And I'm married to a Nigerian. And I'm Nigerian. I'm dealing with it right now. But see, um, <laughs> I ain't gonna go into it. I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> All I can tell you is people just have the mindset that I know I'm number one and I know I'm special. As long as I'm putting it out, I'm here. He wants me to be here. I'm in his circle. I'm underneath him. I'm privileged. I'm driving his car. He gave me this jewelry on and on and on and on. My daddy was good. (laughs) The man was good. Woo! My sisters and I talk about this type of stuff all the time. It's amazing. And I'm grateful to have sisters that I'm very close to. But it's amazing. It's just, it's really something though to just look at how he really had all these women at once. And my cousins just laughed about it. My male cousins just laughed about it. It's like, oh my God, I've got all these women. Damn. It's amazing. It's amazing, but it's a control thing. You're a bad motherfucker when you can sit there and have all your women sit underneath you at one time and they all know each other and sit together and then they all try to be cool and calm and we all going on trips and traveling together and everybody having a good time and feeling like they seniority in of the elite club. Best to believe that. But me, I can't never be a part of an elite club like that. But at the same time, I take that back because, you know, I have a Nigerian. But Nigerians, you know, they always, they they had this thing anyway where they can have more than one wife or relationship. But it's not really about that privilege. It's it's just basically about the respect of the person and what you do. You know, (laughs) my husband scared of me. (laughs) He's scared of me. I know he's scared of me in a little bit. In a little bit of way, he's scared of me. You know, but he one thing he said about me, you smart. You so smart. I married you because you were smart. 
बनाए सो यू नो टाइम इज वर्चू टू सम यू नो बट आई नो दिस मैन आई नो दिस मैन वेरी वेल एंड एंड पीपल फील लाइक दैट द टाइम दैट दे पुट इन टू रिलेशनशिप्स एस्पेशली वन आई वॉन्ट टेक समबाडी एल्स इज मैन the time that they put into the relationship of being in their presence and in this other person that they don't want to be there um it looks like that that person is not there that's the facade you create cuz i know me i know what i'm going to do i ain't going to put my hands on you but i know what i'm going to do I I know what I'm going to do. I'm the wife. I ain't tripping. I ain't the lover. Uh sitting it well, I ain't going to put that uh Well, yeah, no wife are can't be the lover. I'm not going to say that. I ain't going to say I ain't going to give him the booty or nothing. But I'm just saying, um we have been intimate. But what I'm saying is is when you want to be significant in a relationship to a man that's married. You create that facade yourself just because you think, "Oh, I'm sitting here or oh, I got a baby with him and I'm here." You're here. And where is she? What's she doing? Oh, all she he well, I guess all he has to do is give you a story. You know, and then, you know, people would just say, "Oh, well, you know, I haven't seen her. I haven't talked to her. Uh, oh, she's not around or anything." You know, uh people concerned about people's status after a while maybe I tell you what I know I'm not worried about it cuz I have a daughter and four grandkids and I'm not worried about it I've even gotten to a place in my own relationship that someone could call themselves trying to create a divorce in another country <laughs> you know you're not going to give me a divorce now with us having a community property and then the things that they said in these documents is that we weren't compatible are you serious he's a real estate i'm in real estate he's an architect i'm an architect he does construction i do construction I'm a notary and I can notarize every goddamn document his ass got as his spouse. Put a stamp on it as the name of my business, notary services. Bam! Bam! There you go. Moving on. Anyway, this is Variety Show there. Fukashi Media Podcast Live. I hope you enjoyed this segment. This segment was about our Kelly Robert Kelly, my childhood friend. I'm really hoping that you can beat this one and just change your ways. Change the people you deal with. Take a chill pill. <laughs> Restructure your life. Move to, move to Nigeria when you're done. <laughs> move to Africa, Rob. They're doing very well over there. You can too. <laughs> But anyway, thank you for listening. 
This is Variety Shunavir for Kashi Media Podcast Live. The firstborn daughter of Florence Glenda Ballard, the founder of the Supremes of Motown. That's my mother. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening. I totally appreciate you. Stay tuned to the next segment. Goodbye. Let me see you go back. Let me see you come forward. Now let me see you go back. Let me see you come forward. Let me see you go back. Let me see you come forward. Let me see you go back. Let me see you come forward. Yeah. It's Friday and I'm ready to sing. Pick up my girls and hit the party scene tonight.
quite the way you do You got me buzzing off of that chief in May Girl, you about to explode my brain Rolling in the coupe while we on them things Sex week's about to drive me insane Baby, hands down, you got that bomb shit Since that first pull, I've got this habit I can't seem to quit Baby, I'm about to go up in smoke Cause your sex sweet ain't no joke So girl, go ahead on it like that Cause I'm about to smoke it down to a roach Cause so you've got that sex sweet I just wanna hear I just wanna hear All the time All the time, so yeah It's me Somewhere with you and fly that shit up and then smoke it, babe Girl, just let me blaze it Pass that booty to me Girl, I'm addicted to everything that you do to me Your sex got me open, babe Let me hit that in a coupe Girl, let me hit that in a Jeep Girl, let me hit that at the crib Girl, keep bringing me that heat Girl, you've got that sex Girl, you've got that sex I just yeah. wanna hit it Wanna hit it all the time so good that it gets me high Hi, this is Variety Shunavir for Kashi Media Podcast Line, giving you an update on our listenership. Joining us is number 59 and number 60, Ukwai and Ukraine. Thank you so much for joining Akashi Media Podcast Live. And also, I want to say thank you to Costa Rica. Thank you for joining Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Gabon, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Dominican Republic, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Puerto Rico, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you to Mozambique for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Romania, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Czech Republic, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Argentina, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Belgium, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Russia, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Kenya, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Portugal, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. 
Thank you, Algeria, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Peru, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Slovakia, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Canada, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, France, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Ireland, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Taiwan, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Brazil, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. In Brazil, you made us number seven on the charts of podcasts. Thank you so much, Brazil. Thank you, Italy, for for making us a listenership over there in Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Mexico, for listening to us in Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Singapore, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Russia, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Iran, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Malaysia, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Uganda, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Japan, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Germany, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Dominic Republic, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Ivory Coast, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Gabon, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Netherlands, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Sweden, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Benin, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Guatemala, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Morocco, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Saria, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Lebanon, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Ghana, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Nigeria, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Panama, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, uh, France, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Philippines, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, China, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Spain, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Italy, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Canada, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, India, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Egypt, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. And America, thank you for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, Algeria, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you, United Kingdom, for listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. And I just want to make sure that all of you know then I am so glad that you are listening to Akashi Media Podcast Live. I try to give as much um, positive um, segments that I possibly can on my podcast. And I'm going to try to improve it every time that we have a podcast. And I truly, truly, truly 
appreciate you for listening to us, downloading us, and streaming us, and letting me into your ears for listenership. Again, this is Variety Shanavir for Kashi Media Podcast Live. Thank you.